0: Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hello chickens. This is the fabulous Adam Richard and I have a theory. Oh, hey chickens! Uh, We are embarking on another round of your thoughts and your theories, this time about the stolen earth and the journey's end, the end of Donna's story. Um, Speaking of Donna, if you have any thoughts about the Doctor's daughter, I would love to hear those too. You can get them to me on Facebook at FabulousAdamRichard, Instagram and uh Twitter, I'm at Adam Richard, and theory at au. if you want to send me an email. And if you are a member of our Patreon, uh patreon.com forward slash Adam Richard, you can just send me a message there or you can comment on one of the posts. Um uh and if you are on Patreon, there is an RSS feed for your bonus episodes and your early episodes. Uh if you just go to your Little page there, my membership, I think. (laughs) But yeah, you can paste that RSS feed into whatever you use to listen to your podcast and it'll just download them for you when they come out. Um, I know, it's amazing. Uh, So first up, we have a long-time contributor to this here theory podcast and that is Nairi, uh, who has, are you ready for a corker of a theory? She says, theory. Donna's granddad is actually a Time Lord who used the watch to become human. Oh my god! Just like the uh, the Master in the in Utopia, like the Doctor in Human Nature, like the Fugitive Doctor in uh, Fugitive of the Jadun. So the uh, the chameleon arch that turns into a pocket watch. Um, therefore, Donna. Is part human, part time lord in stasis, which is why there could be a meta crisis to begin with. Oh my god, Nairi, I love this. Um, though the doctor stopped the mental meltdown, I think Donna could have survived it, but only by being transformed in the process. That's my weird meta theory. Uh, and there we go, love heart face, smiling emoji, thumbs up emoji, um, which I have to shout like I'm on the circle. Um, oh, that is great, Nairi. I love it. I love like it gives her kind of. It gives us hope because it's you know the the fear is that she sees the doctor and her whole brain burns out um, and that does happen briefly or it starts to happen uh, in the end of the tenth doctor story the two parter which has where Wilf is his companion <laughs> um, so yeah that is awesome I would love that uh, James says that the end of Donna's story is drastically cruel and unfair. To let the story take that turn. And a great relief a few years later when hell-bent Clara said, hell no, when the doctor tried it on again. Um, side note, look at how Donna is doing 10 cosplay in that photo. Oh, yeah, the photo I put up on the internet was, uh, she had the brown kind of pinstripe jacket on. Um, Grebo says, I want her to die and then regenerate. And then it's revealed she's the hybrid they were looking for. Oh, my God, the hybrid. I was like, Much later during Capelty, wasn't it? Oh, that's great. Um, The episode would have to include the human Doctor and Rose from Pete's World and the Doctor's Daughter. Yeah, let's let's have them all in there. (laughs) Let's get them all in there. I did think when that whole hybrid thing was coming that it was going to turn out to be Jenny, the Doctor's Daughter, because Stephen Moffat had asked for her to live at the end of that episode, because he was taking over in about a year's time or longer. Um, and then she, she never happened. Um, she does have her own series on Big Finish, uh, which I listened to one recently. It wasn't one of hers. She was a guest in like a, a big... Double CD box set thing. Um, or double, I think it was like five CDs. I listened to the downloads, I don't know how many CDs there are. Anyway, it was The Legacy of Time, and it was Georgia Tennant, Niamh Moffat, um, who plays Jenny because she married David Tennant in real life. Um, and she was. She'd met up with the doctor when he was being played by Peter Davison, who is her real life dad. So, when every time she was going, hey, dad, it was like, nah, you know, hilarious. Um, anyway, that was recently. Uh, so, I I do have like, if you want to listen to more of my big finished chats, they're on uh, patreon.com forward slash Adam Richard. Um, So M says, perfectly heartbreaking. I loved it. I loved Donna and her family and the end. Heartbreak emoji. Um, Dr. Simon says, the team-up was fantastic. The only good thing about the way Donna's finale was written was that it guarantees she can't come back. Aw, bless. Um, Mike says, saddest ending for me. Sad face emoji. So many wonderful things, all for naught. Oh no, it does feel like that, doesn't it? It feels like she... Got so far and then didn't go anywhere. Uh, Trinidad says, I loved it. I wouldn't say Donna is my favorite companion, but she had the best story of all the companions. The most boring person in the universe is the most important person in the universe. Oh, yeah, never underestimate a temp. My mom was a temp. She was terrifying. Um, lovely Jack says, it's my favorite exclamation mark. Uh, Andrew says, bovard Look at my face. AI, I ain't bothered." <laughs> Winky face emoji. Um, that's obviously a reference to Catherine Tate's character, the schoolgirl that she plays, um, in her TV show. Uh, Damien says, "The Doctor Donna is the best duo," and then in brackets, "then Martha." <laughs> Yay! Well, this. The, the the Doctor's Daughter must be one of his favourite episodes because they get to hang out together. Um, Sue says, never got over it, to be honest. Donna was a massive favourite and to do that to her, to diminish her like that, was such an injustice after the true friendship and loyalty she showed. And the sadness on Bernard Cribbins' face at the end of the episode just emphasised how much he'd lost too. Yeah, it was pretty full on, but it it is, it is very much in the Russell T. Davis oeuvre To um, completely destroy your favorite characters and make them nothing. Um, It just happens all the time. Uh, Not just in his Doctor Who stories, in all of his stuff. Uh, Darren says Donna's run was cut drastically short. There was so much more story to tell. In many ways, Donna felt a lot like Sarah Jane to me. Oh, yeah. She was a stabilizing force for the Doctor and not willing to put up with any crap from him or anyone else oh Darren yeah I do I do see the Sarah Jane-ness because of the I think it's just the plain talking like it's just like I'm just going to talk to you on your level and tell you that what you've just done is stupid um, Jordan uh, says heartbreaking her forgetting I would love to catch up with Donna I just loved every moment we got of Donna from the bride to Pompeii to her ending family was great as well we all want to make Like Donna. I do love Sylvia, her mum. Like, she's kind of a shrew in the show, but she just has some great moments. Um, Stuart has pointed out that Chameleon Circuit, which is a band uh, that play Doctor Who songs, have the perfect summary, and he's linked to a song on Spotify called Journey's End, um, which I listened to, and it is literally a recap in song form um so it's like this podcast condensed down to like five minutes and then sung uh <laughs> i know it takes me like half an hour to get through a 45 minute episode there's something wrong with me um but yeah if you want to check out that link it's on the facebook page um facebook.com forward slash fabulous adam richard uh, michelle says i was sad i thought it was a cop out donna deserved better from the writers Oh, Michelle, it is, it it does feel on some level like that, but I kind of, I love the tragedy of it. Like, I love the kind of, you know, that here is this woman who has come to the end of her journey. Uh, you know, her character has changed immensely. And then at the end, it's, it's all kind of taken away from it. Like, she's returned to the status quo. And it feels like, in our story, if we're following the doctor, it's a huge tragedy for him because he's had to do this to her, uh, to save her life, and it's you know, it would almost be a blessing to let her die, kind of thing like, like this is worse than dying. Oh, it's you know, it's great writing, I love it. Um, Murray says, I remember loving. That moment of them all being together and apparently flying the TARDIS together, but also vaguely thinking that it felt like an unusual moment of deliberate nostalgia within the show itself, at least unusual in its length and unabashed focus. Sort of a feeling of this is lovely, but the show can't just be this. But I think that one of the great things about Russell T. Davis is his sense of dramatic balance such a sad moment to have Donna be the centre of everything and then lose it all. I did feel a bit like the old Donna that we were left with was resented a bit like a fate worse than death. Yeah, exactly. Um, And he has said, did the tragedy of Donna pay for the happy family moment or did the happy family moment pay for the tragedy of Donna? Oh, that's interesting. And Ghost says, Donna's ending was brutal, heartbreaking, and that proves to me that she was one of the best companions. If it hurt that much, it must show... How much she had grown over the season. Oh, yeah, devastating. Um, Now, because this is our uh, 350th episode, they just come along like this these weird anniversaries. Um, Well, I'm going to do an extra special long one, and I have a bit of a treat for you. Um, It is from an anthology of writing called Who's Doctor? Reflections on a Time Lord. Uh, Features some great work by people like Emily Collier, George Ivanov, my old collaborator John Richards, uh, Ben McKenzie from Splendid Chaps, and also the Night Terrace podcast, uh, radio play, uh, if you like, um, that's been on the BBC. Uh, so yeah, you can, uh, download a copy of this book if you want to, uh, I will put a link in the show notes and possibly up on my socials if I get time. (laughs) But, uh, I am going to read for you now from Adam Ford, uh, an amazing poet who we went to, uh, the RMIT professional writing and editing course at the same time. Um, he he has written a, a poem called Donna Noble Has Been Saved. He is a listener. Uh, hey Adam, how's it going? Um, uh, and, So, I'm going to read to you now this poem. So, we're getting an extra long episode uh, for the 350th featuring some bonus poetry, which I asked for his permission. I'm not just reading this because I feel like it. Um, So, here we go. Donna Noble has been saved. Of course, that's not where the story ends. Of course, she gets her memory back. And of course, her powers come back too. The doctor was wrong. He's been wrong before. The meta crisis stuck. It just needed time. You can pick the explanation you prefer dormant regeneration energy, that seductive breath of gold, or maybe she faked it so she could let the doctor down gently, let him think he was the one in control. He'd proven he could travel with a woman without the need for romance, but still, he couldn't accept her as an equal. He'd dressed it up with technobabble, talk of genetic impossibilities, but when he tried to deny her what she'd gained, he lost the chance to prove he could accept a woman as his superior. That's his story, though. This is hers. The song of the Doctor and Donna was over, but Donna Noble's song had just begun. Now she's half-human on her mother's side, a hybrid time lady with plans of her own. She's outgrown the plucky sidekick moral compass role and left behind her tragic ending. She builds a TARDIS from pawn shop scraps, neon red microwave touchpad screens and dolly mix buttons on dog-jude remotes bound silver and copper in gaffer and wire. She halts invasions, sends the aliens home, feeling somehow better about themselves, their rubbery skin glowing infrared with a newfound sense of self-confidence. Using her super-temporal tamping skills, she finds Lee McAvoy, real-name Jim Saunders, shy smile and dark curls behind a library desk and cures his stutter. She rescues Dalek Khan, snatching her from between frozen seconds. At the burning heart of the exploding crucible, her brazen shell shining with stars and flames. She travels with them both through time and space, joining leather-clad Sontaran hand with oozing ruton pseudopod in truce. She discusses Marx with Charlie Chaplin and watches modern times with Marx. She sneaks Anae out of Henry's bedroom, the night air infused with charcoal and gin. She teaches Cybermen knock-knock jokes and finds Dalek something better to do. She takes her granddad to the moon of Poosh, stands with him under crimson skies and asks him never to tell the Doctor. If he knew the truth about her, he would burn. These are just hints, synopses and praises. Her real story takes place outside of the reach of any Time Lord or television series, more than could ever be circumscribed by spin-off, sequel, fanfic or wiki. Her story is bigger than words on a page or actors projected on flickering screens, beyond the wildest imagination of screenwriter, showrunner, critic or fan. Of course Donna Noble has been saved. She saved herself. Of course she did. Then she saved everyone else. Oh, thank you, Adam, for letting me have that in uh, this very special 350th edition of Adam Richard Has a Theory. Uh, it's delightful to have some poetry in the podcast. Uh, Adam Ford, whose doctor, Reflections on a Time Lord, uh, you can get from, uh, you'll. there'll be a link in the show notes. Um, but yeah, uh, I'd love you to download a copy. There's some great stuff in there. It is just adorable. All right, our next episode, we are going to be what? watching the mask of mandragora uh matt who is one of our patreon subscribers patreon.com forward slash adam richard uh, it's matt's birthday happy birthday matt um and it's this is his birthday story uh so it is the anniversary of mask of mandragora <laughs> um so we will be beginning that uh for the next few episodes and then we will get matt's recap um, which may get fruity and may need to be edited. Uh, all right. I'll see you in the next episode. Hold up.